Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's your fucking favorite type of beer thing? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just like a cold lager boy. Lager? Fuck I'm yeah. F- I'm a fan of a lager. Which is basic. How much foam do you like at the top? Obviously none. That's... (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Sorry. Sorry. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. The podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams. And this week we've got Leo Reich on this gay fucking ass god fucking damn podcast. (laughs) He is a New York Times critic's pick for his hit show, Literally Who Cares. He did it in the Edinburgh Festival. He did it in London, where The Guardian said it was the number one show. So it's a pretty big, darn deal that Leo is here. And bonus points, he's Jewish, which you know I absolutely adore. I want to thank you for your nice comments on the Dave Holmes episode last week. It really was a big one for me. And we've got some really cute new reviews on the podcast pages. If you want to add to the list of glows, glow on, beach, and leave that review. It would mean the fucking world. Um... The only drama in my life right now is passport drama, which is there anything sexier? The threat of traveling internationally and not being able to. I got one of my first auditions in about 15 years, and then I got a callback, which I, you know, of course, the first time I get a callback in forever, it shoots in Vancouver and my passport expired. <laughs> too long ago so i'll keep you posted on if i'm going to be in canada ever um apparently passports are taking a long time these days but enough about me let's get into this episode with leo reich we discuss his bar mitzvah theme i do a very offensive british accent we talk about top man i give him a question about chris olsen we talk about gen z slang at the end of the episode so stay tuned for the end to see if you know the words that i cannot use in a sentence without sounding like i belong on a list if you enjoy Gay Ass Podcasts, follow along at Gay Ass Podcasts on Instagram. Follow me at Eric Wills. I'm starting to post more videos because the world is ending. And why not share yourself? I love you so much. Enjoy. Leo. 
Leo Reich is on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Oh I'm going to say God. something that might be wrong. Are you the first British person on this podcast? I think so. And we're going to run with it. How does it feel to be the oh. first Brit? Do you think I'm an American pig or are you yes. glad to be trailblazing? <laughs> I'm sad. And I'm sad. I'm, I'm glad that you said it so that I didn't have to say it. Um, thank yeah, God. true or false, I'm an American pig. True. <laughs> No, uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's an honor to be representing my country in this way. Um, it's a dream. I love this nation. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, wow. That was so beautifully said. Um, if I go into a British accent subconsciously, will you be angry? I'll be thrilled. Thank God, finally talking to someone on my level is what I'll think. It will trick my brain. Listen, Leo, it will trick your brain because this whole conversation will be all about um, talking about gay stuff and, um, you know, a little posh, but not so much because I like Chloe from the circle. That is, I mean, I've heard a lot of British accents since I've been here, and I say this with all the love of my heart, that's by far the worst one I've ever, <laughs> I've ever experienced. Where have you got that? I mean, what media you've been consuming is baffling to me. That's crazy. Austin there was Powers. A sort of a, there was a hint of Northern in there, which is not usually what I get. Usually people go... Yeah, I was trying to go more country. I, I didn't want to go too posh because, you know, it's... um. <laughs> It can be considered like um, Queen Elizabeth, but um, I'm trying to go a lot more northern. Yeah, you're, you're doing something. It's something. It's a sort of global accent. Honey, it feels she's doing something. You're doing something for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Wow, I can't believe I just did something there. <laughs> um, so, l- speaking of... <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> Leo, you've caught me in a funny mood. I don't know why, but I think it's because Thank I feel God. so safe. Uh, let's so let's safe, be silly with really. it, for the love of God. Let's be silly with it, for the love of God. For the, yeah, shall I do? I could do American. I could do American the whole time as well. You Wait, give British us, give us. I, I'm not good at it. I'm not like this. Isn't I'm well. Not, you told me I'm bad at it, so you're you in the are same bad space. At it, uh, but I'm also I bad. Know. I'm not. I'm like okay. So I'll go British. You go American. All right, um, right Leah. I'm going to ask you a question first. Um, <laughs> can you tell me um, how has it been to be living now in New York City for the past month doing a show? And do you feel like um, the gay people are actually <laughs> as devastatingly mean as you thought they'd be? <laughs> Oh my god, thank you so much for asking. I love the city. I love being here. I'm in the village right now. Um, It's a dream. I have this studio. I'm really thrilled to be here. The gay people actually um, are the same as uh, in London, where I'm from. Uh, They are all super mean, and um, (laughs) I don't get on with them, and I find them to be super annoying. But it's I, I still love them to come pay for my show. They can be great audiences, but um, I try to stay on a social level. I try and just hang out with straight people because that's my that's my crowd. You like your gay people like you like your audience members in the seats of the theater and nowhere else. How um, was that? How was Leo, the accent? It was frustratingly good. Uh, really I love angry. that. I love I'm that. I'm really the, angry. That's not the reviews I've been getting so far. I've been getting really bad reviews on that accent, but thank you. I feel like it's good. I feel it sounds good to me. What me? Yeah, you really are talking to mean gay people because that accent was stupid good. I mean, like, whoa, thank you. I'm just already picturing you in the movie where then the people are like, oh my God, did you know he's not even American? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be in Euphoria. I'm going to be that Australian guy in Euphoria. We have the same look, I think. You do have the same look. You both have, and uh, and I've actually heard you both have the same size package. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. Because haven't you heard that his package is... Wait, what did you hear that it was? 
a hundred bigger f- feet long. Wait, yeah, what did you say? A <laughs> hundred feet. Oh wow, he. Wow, well, you are going American. He even said yeah, feet. I don't know what that means. I don't know what what that means. Even <laughs> is that big or small? That, I don't know. That's the um snl version of your life which is that you send a dick pic and you say it's a hundred feet because you don't know american measurements <laughs> that's good i'm taking that and I'm, I'm stealing that it's gonna be steal it girly that's in the but show. truly you did um you did have a, a gorgeous write-up in the gay times that, that it's I so did. funny you said i'm I'm really looking forward to joining NYC's famously non-competitive comedy circuit, and even more so, it's notoriously welcoming gay scene. <laughs> I, 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 someone, I lived in New York for a very long time. I don't live there now, but uh-huh. I, I, I didn't get too enmeshed in the gay world, and so I'm curious if we're really diving in. Uh, have you had any like gay romance? Because let's tell the girls that you're there for your stunning New York Times Critics Pick show I am. called Literally Who Cares. It's at the Greenwich House Theater. It is um, running for another week. It ends on March 11th. So you've been there for, what, a month now? Uh, Yeah, almost a month. Uh, th- Just over three weeks, I think. Okay, so have you had, like, any, like, flirtatious, subway eye-fucking, anything that's felt really gorgeous to you? Not really, although it's like uh, I'm I'm famously bad at it. Like, I'm, I can't. Mm do it but i i have like um sometimes people will come see the show and then like the next day they'll send me an insta dm request being like nice legs or something which obviously <laughs> makes me want to jump off a bridge um sure. I, I <laughs> but i <laughs> have you taken anybody up after the leg compliment have you spread no, yours after i'm not good at it i'm not and i know comics that are really good at it and will just be like hey thanks for saying my legs are nice please come backstage right now um whereas i'd rather die i'd actually rather die than do that I'm, what scares you what why why would you rather die what part about that do you not like i don't know i'm not like a massively like sexual being i don't think and Ooh. i like a i like a kind of um i'm like desperate to be in love the whole time boring Aww, um so, oh no <laughs> wait no you're like wait okay i'm really now gonna sound ancient what's the word for someone who is more attracted to like the mind oh my not, god obviously that, okay so i've that, never called myself this because i think I, every single person that has called themselves demisexual in my presence yeah has been the most irritating person of all time and also if 2023 is vegan, the biggest slut i've ever met <laughs> <laughs> it's also like oh yeah you're attracted to intelligence yeah how did you they, they said three words to you like they what said, come over now yeah and then what? you said they had such a great mind as you throated their cock yeah <laughs> literally i've never met anyone who who has um sort of followed through on that but uh you've heard it here first demi demisexuals are the sluttiest people out there <laughs> i think it's true I think it's true. Um, but maybe, maybe a bit. Listen, though, I think if you have a smidge of demisexual, that's probably like a really good thing because you are not. And to the people who are opening their holes left and right, I support mm-hmm. your truth and your journey. But you're maybe just like wanting to. You don't like a DM slide. You want it to probably be like a, a connection conversation first. That then, yeah. Do you think once you've had the conversation, do you then want to like unbutton pants, or are you just like you sure. don't like? Lo- okay, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not anti-sexual. I'm not sex positive, but I'm not. I'm not sex negative. I'm sex sure. neutral. You're just. You're, I'm sex you're neutral. Sex. I'm. I'm sex itself. I. I also. I don't. Let me just get this on record. I don't hate a DM slide for myself. I'll. I'll pocket that self-esteem mm. boost in a huge way i just won't follow up with like uh anything <laughs> i'll be like you just Thanks. won't respond i'll respond i'll be like thank you 
And that's thanks, it. Thanks, exclamation point. Yeah, thanks for coming. Tell your friends. Do you like, know what? <laughs> I have to say, there, I do have a very good friend of mine who is similar to you, where he is not great with the DM flirt. And I, I guess I realize it's more of a skill than is openly discussed, which is you have to be able to not only yes and, but I feel like there's risk involved, which is that you have to make sure the other person is actually into you in that way. And then you have to up the ante. And if you're not so sure that the ante is even there, then why would you up it? But I don't know. People are DMing you after your show. Clearly... They have a, that's the best, they have a talent crush and clearly a leg crush. And a leg crush for the love of God. Yeah. I don't know. Do you I have also really think good legs? I have legs. I think the thing in the show is that I wear the tiniest little shorts you've ever seen in your life. And so it, it, it almost feels like I'm begging for people to slide into my DMs be like, being like, you have good legs because the legs are not so you saying pleasant. you're asking for it. Oh yeah. my God. You're, your own, you're getting yeah. canceled by catcalling yourself. <laughs> You're like, well, I was asking oh, for it. I'm begging to get cancelled. I'm I'm hoping and praying every day. <laughs> what, what a relief that would be to finally just do it, get it over with. Um, I mean, it is inevitable, I will say. It is. It Not is. for you, I, just for all of us. Just for all of us. I, I'm sure, actually, we're both... Our demisexual take is going to be, the, I think, the nail in the coffin. I hope so. I'm praying for both of us that it is. Uh, I, I'm having a weird thing at the moment, which is, like, I've been in New York single for three weeks, and so I'm I'm trying to be, like, I'm sex in the city, I'm girls, or whatever. And I just truly can't muster the... This is the... I, I feel like I should be on my hands and knees, wet around the mouth every two seconds, but I can't be bothered to do it. But it's don't judge yourself if you're not constantly getting bruised knees. <laughs> I mean, I, I think... And, apologies for me saying when i was your age because i truly think that is i thought that was i thought you were younger than me i thought you were 18 years old and that's why your career is blowing up because you're (laughs) talking to powerful old men like me cut to i'm living in a shack um um i think that when i was in my early 20s, I was like, God, I need to be fucking so, so much because that's what you're supposed to do. And I would sometimes like, like judge myself for not being more, as you say, wet around the mouth. And then I've re- I realized that like part of a gorgeous slutty phase is knowing it- it- it's hard to have it at that point because you're still figuring out even like things that get in the way of a slutty phase. Like you're figuring out like what gets you off. And it's of course like you're not a fucking child. I get that. But it's like oh. I feel like I'm more sexually even just like communicative and confident in my 30s. And uh, I feel like a lot of it's backwards with when your slutty phase is supposed to be. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. When you look around like at a subway train, where do your eyes go in terms <laughs> of type of people? uh oh well this is the other thing is like i think i need to speak to someone for a full 20 minutes before i'm like is there a like i like a vibe i'm a vibe demisexual but it's not i feel like when people say they're demisexual it's like they need to have a master's degree or whatever sure it's not that at all it's not like i i just need to to see the credentials i need to yeah i need to scope it out i need to be in the room that i i can't i'm a terrible at dating apps sorry to be anyone like the first person to ever say it there are actually problems with dating apps you guys um i don't know i just can't like get a vibe i can't gauge a vibe someone could be like the most rich person all the time and i'm like i don't feel anything towards you no i get that it's the it's so hard to get a vibe when you're not in person and especially for i don't know you i i've read a a lot about your interviews and it's like it's you make a good point that 
the years that you spent at the beginning of COVID were like, how old were you when COVID started? Like 20? 21, yeah. 21, yeah, 21. It's just a weird time to be a human being, and especially at that age. Yeah, it is weird. I don't know. I I had the same feeling then, just like more extremely than I'm having now, which is like, you know, time is, is... is running out and you're young for one second of your life and you should be like going out with a hundred people and you're not allowed to do it like and and at least at that point i had something to blame it on which was um the covid19 pandemic whereas now it's like i truly only have myself to blame so i kind of prefer it when i was locked in my room and being like if i was out of my room right now i'd be fucking so many fucking people it'd be crazy um, and then I was let out of my room literally on the first day in England where the lockdown ended and everyone was like, lockdown's over. We're going to go crazy. I stayed in by myself, got a takeaway and watched the English patient. So it's good for you. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you're like, I need to just like self care because yeah. it's been so hectic since we opened yeah. up an hour ago. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but I After think complaining that's, so that's... much. I don't know. Well, let's talk about what that countdown clock comes from, because I talk about this in therapy all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's either just the generation of we need to be successful yesterday and like you're never doing enough or maybe like the perpetually online thing. Or is it, say with me, girls, Judaism. Oh, my we are God. Both Jewish. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm also just making that an excuse to bring this up because I want to. I want to connect with you yeah. on that level. Um, there might also be like we need to be achievers, and mm-hmm. if we don't achieve, then the Jews will perish. Maybe we feel that pressure. Oh, that's <laughs> that's so funny, and um, maybe that is true. I was going to say gay, even maybe it's something to do with gay. Where what if I was like I'm not gay? <laughs> um, no, we, yeah, no. It, it's also a gey thing too. I think for me, it's I, maybe a gay thing. Even, well, this I is was... called That's a Gay Ass Podcast. And I, was like, <laughs> and I forgot to bring up the fact that maybe it's because we are gay. Okay. Um, and Jewish. So, and Can you Jewish, imagine we're... to have all of that stacked on your your poor little back from the day you were born? Gay and Jewish? My, wow. my poor little back. Mm. Do you, so because you're Jewish, I have to ask you the question, were you bar mitzvah? And if you were, did you have a theme? Uh, <laughs> I was bar mitzvahed and I didn't have so much a theme, but what I will say is that by my, my bar mitzvah party, um, we hired an animal entertainer, um, who bought <gasps> various kinds of exotic animals. That was kind of the vibe that I went for, for my bar mitzvah. There was an owl. Are we talking, um, peacock? Are we talking? There, I, I can't claim that there was a peacock, but there was a meerkat. What's a British exotic animal? <laughs> I think that's a contradiction in terms. I think that's a, you know, that's a that's a paradox. You can't have a British exotic animal. What, like a rat? I'm so sorry. Let me ask again. Yeah. What animal did you colonize yeah. to bring over to England? Yeah, uh, sort of. So, sort of every animal um, became ours in the 19th century. Thank God. Um, so, <laughs> what was that? That was a meerkat. That was an owl. That was a python. That was a crocodile. That was an armadillo. And and also we were celebrating me becoming a man, so was there was a say, lot going on. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot with an an armadillo at the bar mitz. I mean, uh, come isn't on, a bar mitzvah if you don't have an armadillo? Come on! Literally, when I have my when I renew my vows to my manhood and I have my second bar mitzvah, you know what I'm going to have there? Armadillo and In and Out Burger. <laughs> Um, an armadillo and a burger bar, bitch. Wow, yeah. I love that for you. Exotic right. animals at the bar mitzvah. Did you wear makeup at your bar mitzvah? No. 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 
No, of course not. I, of course, did not. I, some of the, the photos of me at my moments for some of the most insane things. The, the outfit was the most like quintessential early 2010s top man um, ensemble sure. that you've ever yes. seen. Sort of like skinny tie, uh, check yes. shirt kind of vibe. I, I held on to some of that top man stuff longer than should be legally allowed. Oh. I, there's, I, I don't know if you remember, there was a top man shirt that every gay person had which was like v-neck there was like two buttons yeah. or something right here oh my god i wore that out i literally got that probably my freshman or sophomore year of college and um i wore it through a relationship that ended a year after college i had it with my now husband and i think eventually he was like burn it and throw it away it was i wore i don't know what I had that was such a deep connection to that top man shirt. No, it, it was it was a, it was a cultural craze. Everyone was absolutely going it insane was. for those neon contrast top man tops, which foaming were foaming at the mouth. The ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. Sometimes I look at the pictures, I'm like, I can't believe that anyone. Was oh, I could pull. To I could pull this. up the picture. I could pull up the picture of me wearing it. I'm sure I could find it. In uh, but you know that coming back, that that kind of color scheme is coming back because I have a younger sister is who is. Who, that the TikTok girlies are absolutely obsessed with it. It's are it's cycling they? back. It's cycling back, and I'm scared. I'm scared for my life, and I'm scared for the life of those closest to me. Me too. That it, it, I think it's too soon. Everyone, hold your loved ones close because the top man shirt is coming back. The neon top man shirt. <laughs> well, then let's since we're going back into back in time to the bar mitzvah era, I'm going <laughs> to ask you the podcast question, which is Leo Reich. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame? This babe? was hard. This was hard. I was thinking about this and I was like, there are several options. Um, but ultimately, I do think that it's football, the sport. Um, I'm blaming football, the sport, uh, for two reasons. The first is that I hated it so much from a young age because my mm-hmm, older brother mm-hmm. and my dad obsessed with football. And I felt mm-hmm. like, I was like, what am I missing? from this leo i'm gonna interrupt before you say the second thing because Mm -hmm. that is such a uniting fact about us gay girlies (laughs) is that when your older sibling and your dad both enjoy the sport and you can't find your way around it is there anything worse for me it was hockey my twin brother and my older brother play hockey my dad played in an adult league leo an adult league can you imagine hockey is comparatively i and i hate to say this quite a gay sport it's pretty gay to me i i think it's okay to say that i think it's i mean i think at the end of the day all sports are gay my twin brother who is still very much straight was a wrestler so lot to unpack but yeah so you so football and let's just be clear when you say football you're talking I mean about soccer. you mean soccer but for of course i am smart so i know that you meant that and mm-hmm. i don't think we need to, to label it anymore so football um, football. So, um yeah. So your brother and your dad are super into it, and you're like, "What's what is wrong with me?" Yeah, my brother was really excited when he was when he found out he was having a younger brother because he was like, "Finally, someone to play football with." Oh, and then shit. I was like, "How about no? I would rather die. Let me sit at the table." And randomly, my thing at the time was um, bird watching. So sort of, <laughs> sort of like a, it's like football, but sort of like with a twist in that there's no ball and it's birds. <laughs> Um, so I went, I I see the connection. I see the connection. Yeah. I went a very different route. Um, and everyone was okay with that, but also it meant that the reason why I'm saying it made me gay is because if you don't like football in the country that I'm from, you're spending a lot of time in the kitchen with the women of the family while the game's Uh, on. You're talking a lot about sort of who's got who into which primary school. 
you're mm-hmm. you're talking some gossip someone's friend heard about some other mum. And I'm So by proxy football turned you gay because you spent more time with the ladies in yeah. the cuisine in the yeah. kitchen and I think that that is the seed of the dare I say not problem because gay is gorge but the you women that we <laughs> it's a problem. Um, the 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 avoidance of the hetero straight men sports crowds. I a hundred percent took solace in the kitchen goss. Totally, and then also the simultaneous, not to over intellectualize it, um, sexualization of the the male space to which you are not invited, and oh. in which you feel uncomfortable. It's like a kind of there's a push pull. There's a a deification of of the men who seem to have access to this deep, intense masculine joy from which you're excluded. So then, you're talking about like you're putting the penis on the pedestal. Oh, yeah. And Uh you you pray at the altar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But meanwhile, I'm I'm in the kitchen talking about sort of my aunt's friend, Sharon. (laughs) So it's all of that in one big... And all of this I'm putting down to football. (laughs) And that is football. Um, did I interrupt? Was there was there was the second thing the, the ladies in the kitchen? No, the second thing was the sexual like the, the penis on the pedestal. Penis on the pedestal, the ladies in the kitchen. Pedestal. I think together. Penis in a pedestal, ladies in the kitchen. Here Whoa. we go. Here we go. I'm a fucking faggot. Someone drop a beat because that was huge. Boom, boom. <laughs> uh, you also, in this same vein, were quoted in the New York Times that they, in your show, you talk about that you first saw hardcore porn at the age of nine. Yes, yes. That's a that's a little that's a fun little joke in the in the show. Is it true? I'm I don't not sure. want you to. I don't want you to give up the the joke because the girls need to buy the tickets. But mm. I do want. Um, what's the seed of the truth with this story? Was it hardcore gay porn? Well, I think that th- because I went to an all boys school, um, oh, which needless to say is crazy and should be illegal. Uh, yeah. Everyone, and I went to the sweetest little primary school, elementary school um, in your country um, that you've ever seen in your life. Very sweet, very um, small, and uh, people. They, everyone was just. We were just kids, you know. No, no sort of weird shit going on. Um, I get to the age of eleven. I'm sort of quite like, uh, what's the word? Sort of blinkered, no. Um, naive still to the ways mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. world. I arrive at this all boys hell and immediately everyone's watching porn on their phones. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I can't, what? What? I, I was in You're the- just fir- a on the, child. On the first day of school, our like form tutor, our like grade teacher, <laughs> mm-hmm. translating in real time, um, <laughs> Was was this woman called Miss Bennett, and she was great. I loved her. Um, she was a history Not teacher. Not Miss Bennett. Okay, yeah. prejudice. Literally. Jesus. Can you believe it? England is a joke. It's so on the nose. <laughs> um, and at my first day of school, at lunch, these, these other 11-year-olds were like, oh, she's so fit. She has huge tits. And I was like, I'm a child. Don't 11 feels say young. that. Don't say that about that glorious feels- girl that we just met. That glorious girl. I, I just, I feel that, and maybe, maybe it is true that people are getting younger and younger watching porn. But I'm not saying I was significantly older than 11. I was sure I was like 12 at a friend's house and they would play porn and I would yeah. feel very scandalized. But like, that's still like, 
Ugh, on the phone at school at the all boys school that is dark-sided it's it was it was crazy when did you start watching gay porn if ever have you ever seen gay porn before i've never seen it okay i have some great sites to show you uh i don't actually i genuinely don't really remember it must have been around then it must have been like when i was mm-hmm. 13 maybe i want to say were you ever caught on your home computer or wait did no. you, ever, or you just always had a phone i just always had a phone I just always oh had a phone, God. and also, I guess I had a, my own laptop, maybe. Um, Fuck. Yeah. Because I'm actually I'm like, young what? So when you were on America <laughs> Online, you're like, wait, let's let's go back. <laughs> uh, yeah, online? no, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm always a bit like, what did what does what did everyone know, and what did they not know? Yeah. You know, what is this web of lies that we've created in the family home? But may it, may it stay intact forever. I'd yeah, well, this, I, I want I want to say that I'm slightly embarrassed by my British questions because I usually try to be a little like more like pretending I know more. But now I'm going to ask you a real question that I'm mm-hmm. having, and forgive if it's <laughs> it's going to be funny. silly or ignorant. <laughs> no, the question is the Jewish stereotype in my neck of the woods is overshare, no boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, our tummies always hurt. We, our mothers, are, like, very big personalities. Are British Jews the same? It's a weird one. No. Uh, <gasps> okay, not. I'm glad I asked. They're Wait, not. tell well, me what they're like. I feel like over here, the Jewish community has, like, a real... The, the vibe is very, like, quite left-wing, Democrat, kind of live in big cities, um, relatively liberal, all of, and all of that stuff you just said. In the UK... The Jewish community is like right wing, conservative. I don't know, quite like traditional. And oh. then there's a there's a tiny little fragment of it that's a bit more sort of New Yorky, kind of intellectual, artisty Jewish. But like a but really you're saying small. The, the majority is more conservative, more yeah. traditional, more. So then, so then coming out as gay is probably a pretty big darn deal yeah i mean for me uh, we weren't really part we're not super religious like at all Mm -hmm. actually we're not religious is how i would put it um it's just cultural but i went to school with a lot of jewish kids i i I knew jewish kids when i was like 14 who would be like uh if i came out as gay my my parents would disown me like it was full that and that's at a like a relatively progressive school in the middle of london um yeah it's like a, which it's is like surprising a, because i think you're right that a lot in the u.s is more progressive have i of course met the jewish people that are like super religious that are more right-wing and like enjoyed that trump was so pro-israel and all of that etc sure. yes but i do think i for way more the majority of the people i meet are that stereotype of like yeah more progressive loud talky and I just, a lot of my family friends who are Jewish are also like, oh, there's a lot of queerness that has been a, a surprise to me that, but like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's very interesting to see the the differences. Yeah, it's, it is a weird difference. I don't really know why. I don't know why that is. But yeah, it's just sort of happened that, well, also I think that the jobs people work, I mean, the jobs that Jewish communities associated with in the UK are much, le- I think it's much less the arts and much more. Uh-huh like finance and lawyers and doctors and a bit the arts but mainly those other jobs whereas here it seems like much more like 
arts, media, and then those other stuff is maybe slightly sure, secondary. sure, sure. Yeah, you, we still have our doctors, we still have our lawyers, but there is a lot of there is yeah, there are a lot of us. Yeah, me, me and yeah, just holding down the fort. Me and you, in the arts and media. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so I think maybe that that's is... something to do with it. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I again, I'm not really, I'm not like ingrained in the Jewish community in any sort of meaningful sense. Well, and that's the thing too is that I'm quite the same when it comes to I'm not religious but i am very much into the culture and the traditions of it all and so i i have been doing a lot of grappling lately especially with this podcast about like what my upbringing how it's informed the way i see the world now mm-hmm. and i came from i came from a very conservative place when you really look at it i came from the midwest and i last week's episode was incredibly special because this like you know dave holmes amazing mtv legend is from the same place i'm from and like to actually unpack (laughs) the things that we were told then versus how we're trying to live our truths now was Mm -hmm. like oh it was a big a big eye opener so i'm sure as you're you know doing your show in new york and also like have you have you have a british sensibility but you also have a very queer sensibility i'm sure there's just like there's a lot of dare I say, identity politics at play? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's interesting. I always like really fetishize the kind of New York-y Jewish intellectual. I I remember watching Mm -hmm. like, and this is redacted, Woody Allen films, um, that kind of stuff. And all of the many generations of Jewish people that sort of copied that. Um, Mm -hmm. Sort of the Noah Baumbachs, the, the, even like Lena Dunham, like these people making kind of slow moving witty indie comedies i was like this Mm -hmm. where are these jewish people in the uk they are nowhere they don't exist it's not a thing um it's not so now that you're in new york do you i know you're obviously busy doing your show but does any part of you want to live in new york or are you like no i'm good to visit i don't it's weird here i i've never felt I never felt like an English person, really. I'm from London, and I would always be like, I'm from London. Um, not like, I'm English and I love the Queen, or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I've never felt more English than being here. It's such a... <laughs> it's so funny. Everyone's super keen to, like, do really well. And, like, uh, like be successful. In a it's way that... very achievement-oriented, for sure. It's crazy. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> It's very, hi, what do you do? Instead of, how do you do? <laughs> yeah, like, how, like, what are you, are you nice? No, no one gives a fuck. It's crazy. And I feel super, I feel quite sort of, um, I don't know, ambitious and uh, success oriented in the UK. And then here I feel like the most relaxed <laughs> kind of. Laziest piece of laziest shit. Laziest piece of shit you've ever met in your life. And I don't know if I can handle the the fucking get up and go of these people. Cause it's like, yeah, when you, I get that. When are you seeing your friends? I why I, I left New York. I think I was, as I think I was ready to like have a new chapter, but I think I also, that energy wasn't fueling me anymore. I think it used to. And then once it became too much, I was like this, let's, let's change things up. Yeah. Uh, but you, you also are, you're going to do the show in Australia, which is, yeah. Talk about being a success, Leo. I'm truly meaning this. I'm so, I'm fucking so impressed by you and excited for you. And just oh, like, I, I, I love seeing this climb. Um, but I'm, of course, going to ask a really lowbrow question, which is if you had the choice between a New York City businessman yeah. that you've had a gorgeous 20 minute conversation with uh-huh. or an Australian rugby player that you've had a 20 minute conversation with. 
Who do you want to get knackered with first? Uh, obviously, rugby player. Are you kidding? You crazy? Yeah. New York City correct. businessman. I'm blowing my brains out. <laughs> I, you're saying I'm still I'm still interested after the 20 minute conversation with a New York City businessman. I don't know. I, I thought no. you might maybe had like a daddy thing where you're like you want him to. No. No, 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 no. I hate that so much. Anyone wearing a suit on just like a normal day? No. Get out of my life. We get it. You have a good relationship with your father. (laughs) Jesus, next. Okay. (laughs) Whereas Australia, also I think Australian accent, simultaneously funniest voice you can have by far. Agree. Like like, an accent built for comedy. It's so funny. Agree. And then also secondly, so sexy to me because it's so funny. Is like, oh yeah, no, I'm just going to talk like this and it's going to be absolutely great. Oh yeah, we're going to have an amazing day, just sort of share some beers with some friends on the beach. And you're like, what are you talking about? Kiss me. I. What are you talking about? Kiss me. <laughs> and then, God, I'm just picturing now the British-Australian conversation and I'm just in the corner jerking my jerking. <laughs> it's also funny because I feel like Australians, like, uh, it, I mean, if England's a middle ground between the American kind of intense success-driven kind of careerism. And then Australia feels like truly like these people, you have to, you have to hustle to get them up and about. <laughs> this, these are the most relaxed people you've ever seen. I can't believe you're right. it. These people don't care about anything. You're going to perform in a theater in Melbourne and you're going to just be impressed that anybody showed up. And then anything that happens after that is going to be icing yeah. on the cake. I'm going to, I'm going to chill the fuck out when I, when I get to Melbourne, it's the, I'm barely going to do the show. I'm going to sort of say the words, get off stage yeah, and yeah. then sleepwalk through it. Absolutely. Have a bunch of brews with my friends. It's going to be fucking Do you enjoy great. drinking beer? Are you the type of gay guy that yeah. can drink beer? I'm a big beer yeah. boy. Big beer boy. That's very British of you too. Thank you so much for saying that. I, um, yeah, it's a, it's part of my culture. I can't do it. I can't yeah, do I'm not a beer drinker. See, my internalized ph- homophobia is like turned on by that because I'm like, fuck, he drinks beer. <laughs> like that's like, I'm like, oh, it's only because like I consider that manly and I couldn't be a part of the guys club. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> projecting. I love what's it. Your fa- what's your What's your fucking favorite type of beer drink? <laughs> I'm a I'm just like a just a uh, a cold lager boy. I'm a lager fuck I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan of a lager which is basic. How much but foam do you like at the top? Obviously none. That's <laughs> <laughs> again right, sorry, another sorry. huge Don't problem. Sorry. Huge sorry. problem the fantasy I, I fucked up the fantasy. <laughs> Um, yeah, how much fo- you like a lot of foam? No, yeah, that's no, bad. Okay, okay, still, okay, bad. sorry, sorry. That's actually a bad job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I can't deal with the kind of, there's no, the drinking culture here is non-existent. There isn't one. I don't feel like anyone's, well. <laughs> it's, it's people getting fucked up like one, one oh. night of the week. Oh, I see. Versus is, like just enjoying a pint. Yeah. Just having a pint with the, with the boys. Part with the lads. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. The lads. That's, that's huge for me. I love that. I love that for you too. Well, honestly, my dream is one day that i have to travel to london for work and you're going to take me to a place that we can get a pint yeah i'm going to enjoy the beer and then i'll (laughs) walk outside and smoke a quick blunt and then i'll come back and sip it some more great that sounds ideal that sounds like a perfect night out would would you be into that sometime i would be i would love that please god get on the next flight it's happening well you're in new york so i mean once i'm back (laughs) okay okay This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, the other question I had that's it's a bit of a topical moment is this quote comes up a lot, uh, which I love is that you said, I don't know a fucking thing about politics. I basically never have sex. And half of the anecdotes I'm telling need made up details to make them funny. Mm-hmm. This I like this quote a lot for many reasons. One of the reasons is I think that in this age, there's so much hashtag content. There's so many people putting out stories on the internet, you know, the story time of it all. And mm-hmm. I find that there's an interesting dialogue happening with this chris olsen guy are you oh yeah <laughs> okay so so i had no I... idea where you're going with that and it actually everything circles back to chris olsen at this moment it does well and it also circles back because his ex-boyfriend ian Paget has been on this very podcast really? and we i had interviewed him right after they had broken up and now i see this vitriol on the internet yeah. especially on, well, especially on twitter because people on twitter are so miserable but basically like 
angry that he gets all of this engagement based on stories that they are not sure if they are true or not. Mm -hmm. Do you care if his stories are true? Or do you have an opinion about adding elements to a story to make it come alive more? Because I want to do that as well when I'm talking to add to the drama. Not making up details, but I am adding the drama. Do you have an opinion about that when it comes to the engagement of it uh, all? Do I have an opinion about that? I think that in general, <laughs> I think that it's like, that it makes me s- sad. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, uh, I, I think he seems like a nice guy. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. it, it, whenever I see someone doing a TikTok story time, I'm like, absolutely slit my throat. This is, this is a, <laughs> a deba- debasement of your humanity that you've chosen mm. to engage <laughs> with on the most basic level. Um, but also, do I care that they're not true? No, obviously mm-hmm. not. Why? Why would anyone well, care about that? I don't either. I don't care that he is building up his following and his business by doing it. Because I'm like, clearly, people are watching it because they are entertained by it. And like, if he is, there was a story that after the Grammys, he was talking to. I some, saw that. Yeah person at a party and then whatever the fuck happened but basically people were like okay this is how you don't get invited to another party again and listen do i get that maybe he's doing that sure do i care that he's doing that not at all because that's his choice in his life and like i i've been you know it's especially we are both comedy girls i feel like a, a lot of times you might have to change the beat of a story to make it better and i'm not saying that he is like this you know acclaimed comedian but i think that he has built a huge audience partly because the ways he tells his stories are resonating with someone and so i get surprised by the people that are so pissed off about it i think on some level you do a well like you said you do a dance with the devil when you're like a content creator in that way where if you're that person what you're putting out there isn't like something you've made it's not like yes. you're not making anything. So right. you have to, you're trading on a kind of like just a basic level of human interest with every new TikTok you put out. And I feel like if that's your, if that's your job, like all power to you, but oh yes. my God, I'm so scared for you. That's so scary. Well, and that's a very good point because people are probably more angry just about like the content creators versus him specifically because that's what i feel like his gig is is that do i have an existential crisis about social media every week absolutely do i want to build my not only my like voice and how i'm creative and and use social media in that way for good and in a productive way yes do i find it as close to impossible to do it in a way that feels like mentally sound and artistically um true to me yes but i think that like it's that that's just the the nature of the beast in a way truly i i'm just like i would feel it's such a precarious thing to do and i feel i have the same thing where i'm like if I post on Instagram one more time about, like, people, please buy tickets to my show, I'm going yeah. to block me. Like, I of can't... Of course. I can't cope with the fact that... The, the, also, the weird sort of um, place you get to where, like, half the people you follow you are just people you know and who are your friends. And half the people are random fans who you do need to post to let them know about stuff. But am I going to alienate the people that I actually know and like? Um, and are they screenshotting all this stuff and sending it to the group chat? Like that kind of thing. I am constant paranoia. Um, I'm sure at one point, take two at 10 points. 
yeah something has been screenshotted of mine by a friend or a loose friend and made fun of behind closed doors but i'm so glad i don't know about it but it's i think that's yeah that's like again you gotta do it the devastation of what it's like to be alive in this truly if you haven't been screenshotted in this world are are you even a living breathing human being at this point no. Listen. We all if a mistakes. screenshot falls in a forest. Yeah, literally. Um, but to circle back to Chris Olsen, I think that the at least at least when I post stuff, I'm like, well, I have at least I'm doing it around a solid thing. Mm-hmm. And it, this is all kind of like social media stuff that's about that that is to do with the thing that I make. Um, whereas if I was him, I'd be like, fuck, I'm unmoored. I have no anchor. That it's all just videos with Megan Trainer, And in the same way, you know, in the same way that I'm surprised that, like, people still have an interest in, like, the Kardashians or whatever. I'm, I'm like, that you're, you are, that, that it's hollow. The, the persona is hollow. You need to make something fixed to tie yourself yes. to at some point. Yes. Otherwise, no, I... people on Twitter will kill you annihilate you so when you open your phone if, if i were to see like your phone usage what mm-hmm. app do you spend the most time looking at scrolling on twitter Ugh, it's bad i, I do it a lot too and it's I, I i have friends i just saw who were like oh yeah we deleted ours years ago and life has been better and i'm like getting i'm getting close i'm getting close i know i i just like to uh, instagram's not it for me and tiktok i don't care about twitter is just like twitter gets me twitter gets me in a big way <laughs> Um, I do need to ask you the next podcast question, Leo. Go. Leo Reich, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you say? This is actually one of the hardest questions I've ever been asked. I can't believe Correct. this question. that I, I screamed when I saw it in my inbox. I couldn't believe it. One character It's torn actress. families apart, Leo. It's crazy. Um, there are so many that are up there. I'm, I was trying to think of one that maybe is it because I feel like there's recently been kind of a resurgence of, all, yes. because of Mike White, all of the yes. most amazing yes. character actresses in the world are kind of like having that moment. And so it feels like so obvious to say like Jennifer Coolidge or uh, or like Molly Shannon or, or Laura Dern, which it would be such a great choice that I'm sure many people have chosen before. Um I w- I, I'm going to say that Laura Dern has come up less than you would think, primarily because the Jennifer Coolidge's have come up more than they have in, in ever. But this being said, who does your brain go to if you're going past those three? Well, I would. I'm. I my instinct is to go more comedy, and my instinct is to say Kate Balan. Kate Balan okay. would be my choice. Leo, let's. Can you t- give snaps with me for your answer? And guess what, Leo? What? Clearly, we have this universal connection because I was walking my dog with a couple friends and my husband yesterday. Uh-huh. And who do I pass? <gasps> Kate. Kate Berlant. Whoa. Sitting by herself on a bench in Los Angeles on the phone. And my husband was like, Was that Kate Berlant? I look back, I see her silhouette. I say, it could be no one else. It could be no one else with that hair. Are you kidding? Can you believe that? The character actress that you saved. Whoa. I walked past yesterday. She's on the brain. She's on the cultural brain right now. Um, thank God. She is. Thank God. Also, I would be dead in the ditch without her. Like like every other gay comic, um, she invented being a gay man on stage somehow. Um, so. Oh, yeah. I. What a great answer, Leo. I'm so thrilled with that because she deserves and I, I can't wait for... 
I know she's becoming the household name that she deserves, but can't you can't you just imagine what's going to happen in the next few years for her? Can't you just imagine? I know, and on some level, I'm sad about it because obviously yeah. the thing that I love as much as her star turns in her like amazing bit parts that she's had and stuff have all been incredible. Uh, what I really love to see her do, of course, is stand up comedy, um, and she's the best she's ever done it. Uh, and I fear, I fear when she's leading feature films that she'll leave her incredible stand-up comedy career behind her. But, um... Well, we shall see. We shall see with bated breath I know. what Kate oh, Berlant gives so us. I'm waiting God, for the... a good answer. I'm waiting for the kind of Independent Spirit Award-winning, like, feature comedy drama oh, yeah. that oh, she's yeah. gonna... Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I want a Greta Gerwig-directed... Just like very low key, long shots of of Kate staring out a window and then saying yeah, the funniest thing you ever heard. Yeah, no sh- no shot in that film was less than fifteen seconds. Exactly. Thank and thank God. And thank, and thank God. God. Oh my God! What a great answer. Well, listen, I do want to um ask you a, a very important question because it's rare that I get a, a Gen Z icon on that's a gay ass podcast, and I recently looked up an article that listed Gen Z slang. Yeah, Leo Reich. I want you to tell me if these are actually words that you or your friends would use. I'm gonna be so bad at this. Okay. All right. Let's start easy. The ones that I see on t- TikTok all the time. Do you actually say cap for when something is a lie? That's super American to me. Um, uh, I've oof. heard people say it, but I think that they are like American teens in San Diego. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and s- no cap. Totally, totally. It's like no cap. And it's like, okay, well, in my voice, that would sound so weird. You're like, so no, no cap, but also no conversation between you and me. Yeah. <laughs> um, do people actually use this word for money? Guap? No. What is Thank that? You. No. Um, what about this word? Sheesh. Sheesh. Um, I've had people say that, but they're usually joking. <laughs> the definition says it's used to hype someone up if they're looking good or doing something good. Yeah, I've seen people. Yeah, people maybe say that. A little bit. See, when I was a kid, we well, said also, sheesh. I'm, isn't like, I should Whoo. say, I'm like the oldest Gen Z you can be. So, I'm most... the oldest Gen Z you can be. That's your next pop single. Thank you for that. Thank you. Do you say, do you say dank? Uh, I don't. But again, I've heard it said. I've heard it said. Dank means if something is dank, it's excellent or of very high quality. I mean, I knew that. I just wanted to make sure everyone else Yeah, there's heard. something Shakespearean um, you... about that to me, which I like. It's quite Shakespearean. Do you do you um do you talk about people's clothes by calling it drip? <laughs> now this is just like um that's just something that rappers do. That's not. It's on a list. It's parade. That's not Gen Z. Your drip. I mean, I would imagine I, know, if I walked these, up to someone. A lot of these are like. Eh, I don't know if this is Gen Z or if it's just like. Yeah, I, if I walked up to someone and being like nice drip, um, I would get fully like murdered. That 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 and <laughs> and, and good. It would be justified. Good for that, yeah. Do you say um, bet? No. <laughs> bet means yeah. yes. It can be used to confirm something. It could be compared to the millennial term word. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bet. I mean, again. I'm not realizing how I sound because if I were, if someone were to ask me, so do you say word? Do you I'd say be word? Like, yeah, like, no. Yeah, uh, word, dude. Word. <laughs> Period. Okay, I, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that is on this list. Um, okay, the final one then. The final one is <laughs> Big Yikes. Big Yikes. Ooh. <laughs> I I actually, this is humiliating to admit. I think I probably have said that. I had to have gotten at least one. Okay, the the definition says it's used when you're so embarrassed that yikes doesn't do it justice. Ooh, big yikes. Yeah, I probably have said that. I probably have said that. I wouldn't say I say say it every day, but I've been known to maybe dip my toe in saying big yikes occasionally. Sure. These are all sort of stuff that's uh, also fine to type, but horrendous to say. Oh, that's why it's it's such, this has been such a cringy segment. You're do you right. know what I mean? Um, it's like you could type yeah, no, I cap, do. but you're not going to say. <laughs> have you typed cap? I don't think that I would have typed cap, but it I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't believe, rule I it out in future. It could be in my future for me. You know, that could be a huge a part of my saying. future. It could be a this, cornerstone. This all feels like a big cap to me. <laughs> and to get it so wrong, <laughs> it, when it's so simple to get it so wrong, wow. <laughs> Listen, I, I aim to please. Um, Leo Reich, I, hey. I'm so thrilled that you came on That's a Gay Ass podcast. I take, I jump at the chance to talk to a hilarious, exciting, gay Jew voice in this world. And Whoa. that has been, and you have exceeded my expectations. <laughs> Be, before we say goodbye, I want to ask you a question that I don't know. You might be able to answer, might not. I did uh-huh. not prep you on this. It's the final question of the podcast. Leo Reich, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Oh, my God. <laughs> he asked the 24-year-old Oh, British. my God. Yeah, that's actually, um, th- again, not a huge part of our culture, but I want to say Rat Race. Which- oh, wow. You, you surprise us with every twist yeah. and turn. What a great answer. I what really, a great answer. I, I really was, uh, I was really itching for a rewatch of Rat Race recently, and I, I still haven't done it, and I need to do it, and it's a great film. Okay, you know what's going to happen is, when you're in London, I'll take my plane ticket, we'll have our <laughs> beer at the pub, and then we will watch, we'll watch Rat, Rat Race. Race. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a great, mo- that's a great movie. And it's it's also a the great kind of film, listen. They don't make him like that. They don't make them like that anymore. They don't love you like I love you. A star-studded? They don't make them like they make them. A star-studded mid-budget comedy. Come on. Mm, Let's cheers to that. Cheers to that. My iced coffee. I knew it was a gay podcast, so I had to. You had to, and you did, and I'm thrilled for that. Your show, literally, Who Cares, goes through March 11th at the Greenwich House Theater. Leo, what else do you want to plug, or where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Leo underdash Reich. You can follow me on Twitter at Leo is tired. You can follow me on TikTok at Leo underdash Reich as well. Um, what else do I need to plug? Nothing really. Come to my show, stay in touch, DM me about my legs, whatever you want to do. Or don't. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure you follow enough people. No, I'll DM about your legs. Um, Thank God. You asked us to, and so you're about to get a lot of leggy messages. Yeah, I better get a big influx. Otherwise, I'll know that people didn't listen to the end. <gasps> and that is how we get them. Congratulations. You have won the Gay Ass Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank I will you for see you me. over our beer and break a leg in Australia and beyond. Thank you so much. See you in London, baby. Have you ever heard anyone funnier? God, it's annoying how young he is. If you enjoyed this episode, I don't know, message me, message him, tell the world, and tell a friend. We'll see you next week for one of my favorite people that I've met in the last year. And leave that review if you care. I love you.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.